Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly along with Get Wisdom Cloudroom Director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at uh, what Creator shares about the divine perspective of near-death experiences. You know, everybody's going to die, Carl, but not everybody gets a near-death experience, so this should be interesting. Well, I've known people who have had a near-death experience. Uh, looking back on my life, I think what I had was a near-life experience, because I, <laughs> I wasn't really alive for quite a while. I was kind of subdued and suppressed and you know, not much of a free thinker, and it was trying to burst out, but took some doing. And and so, we all have a variety of ways of experiencing existence. And the near death um, encounter and the 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 stories about it from experiencers, I think, are quite valuable. And personally, it was one of the key things that helped with my spiritual awakening. To start believing truly that there's something real about the idea of God and an afterlife. You know, everyone talks about uh, wanting to know the big mystery. You know, is there really a life after death? And people are talking about their witnessing of that again and again. And few listen, and that's another story. But it, we can learn something from these descriptions. Absolutely. I, I was a young man when I first heard about near-death experiences, um, probably even my, my teens, I think. And, you know, I remember just going, oh, yeah, okay, got it. You know, it, it made perfect sense to me. And yet, you know, I'm still amazed at how you can share this evidence with others and they just, you know, brush it off and dismiss it as if it's fantasy. You know. Well, see, there is there is a line of demarcation between the believer and the non-believer. Yeah. Non-believers will not just accept something like that at first blush because it it doesn't jive with their beliefs, which are really non-beliefs. It's a belief in non-belief. <laughs> if you <laughs> want to get technical, maybe, but uh, it's it's just as strong many times as the the beliefs of someone who really has a strong faith in the Almighty, atheists get pretty well entrenched in their dogmatic uh, embrace of the, the unlikelihood of something going on beyond death of the body. Well, I, yeah, certainly it makes sense that we're going to gravitate to that which reinforces the beliefs we already have as opposed to something that strongly contradicts what we have, because that's a much bigger undoing. <laughs> yes. People tend not to go there. U.S. creator, everyone dies, but not everyone has a near-death experience. Or do they? As the average human has had over 400 lifetimes, perhaps many or most have had such a thing happen at one point or another. Observing that near-death experiences often affect people in profound ways it would seem that the effect might even carry over to future lifetimes, that the deep subconscious would carry a profound memory or deep emotional impact that makes the near-death experience something more impactful and memorable than death itself in many cases. What is creator's perspective? How is a near-death experience different? 
All right, and this is your creator's words. We're talking about someone whose body dies, their consciousness persists, they have an experience, and they come back into the body, maybe because they're resuscitated in an emergency room or something, and they recall what happened in that interval and where they were, what they were doing, and so on. So here's what creator says. As one might readily surmise, the first difference in a near-death experience is the continuation in the current incarnation with a return to the body by the spirit in transition, if only partially. This is happening for many reasons. It could be a karmic lesson or karmic message to take life more seriously by giving a person a preview of their eventual transition from the body so that they will look more carefully at how they spend their time and think more about the spiritual mission that each of every, and every human being has prior coming down prior to coming down into physical existence the tragedy of the human dilemma is that being disconnected you are born with no conscious awareness of your origins or your purpose this must be learned and to some extent intuited by being open to higher guidance. It can show you where you need to go, if only in baby steps, but it can get the job done in helping people connect to their best career path, to meet key people they are destined to find and spend time with, as with a life partner or a trusted colleague or a mentor and so on. When people leave the body, they indeed exist in a spirit form, a free-floating consciousness and many differing things can happen, depending on how aware the person is even about what is taking place. Many do not know they are dead, and their consciousness limps along in an impaired state of confusion and uncertainty, and that can persist because the person is stripped away from their usual manner of experiencing existence, which is through the brain and their conscious awareness. The part of the mind that survives is the intuitive part, and if not engaged with directly and with awareness by the rest of the being during life, that intuitive consciousness, the non-local consciousness, will be unfamiliar with them as who they were. So it is a kind of melding of beings that have a parallel existence unaware of each other's existence, and the sum total composite may be quite ill-equipped to navigate. If the person is revived through resuscitation efforts soon enough, this will effect a return of the spirit to the body, because that is the imperative always, unless the transition has been planned and agreed to, and a desire is in place to continue on with a return to the light. Sometimes that will happen even with resuscitation of the body, after which the body remains in a vegetative state and no consciousness is available to occupy it because it is already returned to the light, that higher part of the soul being who was using the body during actual life. So what is left is but a remnant, a physical shell, much like a conveyance such as an automobile. So it is much like a car crash where the driver is already departed and gone back to heaven, but the automobile, ironically, might still be running, even though not drivable, and a sign of life of some sort, but not a life that matters to anyone any longer. 
the process of seeing a glimpse of the heavenly realm during the transition and encountering light beings and the intense wave of love associated with the experience is often quite profound for the departing soul compared to perhaps a meager experience while incarnated, even being friendless or in a chronic state of depression and suffering from chronic illness or a depleted state from an unworkable lifestyle or some other limitation. So if one has that experience of truly seeing the light very graphically, directly and meaningfully, and a decision is made to return to the body, that spirit might bring with it a heightened awareness of the reality of the divine, that something important has happened with great meaning for them and their soul as well, and their entire perspective about life and their existence may well have changed. And that awakening will follow them for the whole rest of their life and be remembered and cherished as a very special window into a higher reality. Near-death experiences are relatively infrequent because most people simply transition fully and the body is unavailable. Even if the spirit does not make it into heaven but remains in limbo, and that is a very serious dilemma met by about one-third of human beings who are not prepared to return to the higher astral plane because their vibration is so low. Being in a state of disconnection for so long and often not even thinking about the divine realm or the hereafter in the case of unexpected death as through accident or a minor medical procedure that goes wrong and causes the death of the body. Whenever there is a tremendous experience that impacts a person, whether positive or negative, there will be an imprint, a record made and stored for all of time. That will be a springboard for future karma. So anyone having a near-death experience will thereafter, in each incarnation, have a prior awakening moment they can tune into and see it as inspiration, at least on the level of their deep subconscious mind. So having a near-death experience can be a major milestone on the soul journey, whether it is 10 incarnations or 100 or over 400, as you rightly relate, is the average. They are always beneficial because they represent divine business. However, the person came to have the encounter with the light callers, always sent to greet the departed. It will be an important milestone. And the various accounts of what people experience are truly no different than someone in transition. Because those experiences can vary considerably depending on the level of awareness of the departing spirit in understanding what is happening. So this is an important learning to be gained from this discussion, that the divine realm is as real as life and death. People are living, breathing embodiments of divine consciousness and take it for granted and think that the divine realm and a creator of all it is are perhaps only folklore and wishful thinking. In actuality, you are just as great a miracle as the existence of God, even as just a fragment of its existence. But even though you are only a part, 
it could not exist without the reality reality of the divine creating that opportunity for you to bear witness. Well, you know, a, a statement that I would put an underscore under is uh, exper- creator says that um, people with a near-death experience are truly no different than someone in transition. So the, this is real transition. Death is transition. And somebody who yep. has a near-death experience has died, at least for yep. a period of time. And when they come back, their testimony is a valid witness testimony of what happens when you die. We're getting it straight from Crater on that one. Absolutely. And the variations are variations because of the differing kinds of awareness, level of uh, understanding, and the perspective, emotional and karmic, all the preparation or lack of preparation to make it the passage a smooth and seamless and joyous one, or maybe very vague and uncertain, you know, very fog filled and poorly understood and, and, and maybe very tentative and slow and maybe only a hint of something beyond, maybe a faint light in the distance. And that's all they get to see. But it's still reflecting where they're going. So this this is probably the most important message that the near-death experience is a valid witnessing of the death process. And for whatever reason, was turned around in process. So these people came back into life. And they can share the information and insight about it. And I think... Creator also pointed out that probably a reason why there's not more near-death experiences is because death is the end of the body. And if the body is too too greatly damaged, then a, near, a return to the body short of a massive divine miracle, which is possible, but probably not in the offing in most cases, um, the body simply can't take the life back. It's it's yeah. worn out. It's de- dead on the road, as you say, you know. So yeah, well, dying is is a is a definitive shift, yeah, <laughs> and it's pretty effective. It works most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> when exactly. you die, you die. You stay dead. So it's really the only only those rare, relatively rare circumstances where the body can still hang on to life and still you know continue on that uh, that a near death experience becomes possible. You ask creator, some avowed atheists have had near death experiences. Some have their perspectives and outlooks altered, and others dismiss it as hallucination and therefore not real. Are those atheists having a near-death experience that is positive and even involving divine interaction beneficiaries of recent past lives that were in greater divine alignment? Is there a danger if they persist too long in this direction of being atheist and secular that they will be less likely to have a positive near-death or even death experience in future incarnations? And Creator tells us, what you describe is quite possible. That someone who is not spiritual, not a believer in the divine, who has an uneventful or positive near-death experience that actually inspires them to perhaps take a second look at their beliefs, is probably not too far removed from a time when they were in alignment. Human lives are very short, and the current life inevitably, no matter where along the way you might be, is only a few short years in duration and influence compared to the sum total of hundreds of other lifetimes. Perhaps many lived in divine alignment with a strong faith in the Almighty. 
the growing secular movement spreading around the world is taking quite a toll on believers to corrupt them into thinking religion is unnecessary and perhaps more a liability than a benefit. Indeed, making such a choice to willfully become an atheist is truly cutting off your lifeline to the divine that keeps you going, in fact, with life force energy. We turn no one away, so when anyone passes, including atheists, they are always met by light callers to escort them back to the higher astral plane. We know that people who are devout and committed atheists are only in a state of confusion and distortion of thinking and do not judge them. We know there will be a path back to divine alignment for them, so none are turned away. We are wel- all are welcome no matter what they may have done during life. We do not punish, we allow. It is the individual who chooses a dark path who ends up punishing themselves because the energy of that darkness they add to and create to harm others will find its way back and harm them. And that will be an important karmic lesson and perhaps a painful one. But it is self-chosen. And it is very true that choosing the life of an atheist is not only dangerous, but foolhardy when you are literally a part of the divine bit to begin with, but are willing to turn your back and walk away. The tragedy is we must let you have that choice if you decide you want it to be so. Well, there's certainly a hazard in being an atheist. And, uh, but, you know, there's good news for the atheist, but don't, don't, you know, don't rest your laurels on that. Creator says we're not here to punish. We'll take you back, you know. And, uh, and we've, we've had some uh, channeling series uh, members that were atheists they actually reported making a clean transition without being stuck in limbo. So in some rare cases, atheists even make it to heaven without any difficulties at all. But it's probably not the norm, Carl. <laughs> it's not. I mean, the, the key is probably as much having a reasonably well-balanced emotional well-being at the time that you yeah. pass. That's, that hangs up a lot of people, you know, worshipers, believers, non-believers, atheists, it's it's your being road-ready that matters the most. Yeah, that's probably the the bad news. That's the other side of the coin, is that it's really the emotional state that you're in that's probably going to determine uh, whether there's a danger of you being stuck in limbo or not. And uh, faith, you know, can help transform that experience. But this is why being caught in a, in a, a surprise death can be can be very difficult because you didn't see it coming and your emotional reaction could could change the the outcome but uh, we can get we can go into that more after this segment coming right up we'll be right back Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. 
We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are looking at creator's perspective uh, on the near-death experience. Trying to uh, unwrap that a little bit, uh, see what some of the complications are, some of the interesting aspects, some of the things that maybe aren't evident in terms of looking at these experiences, Carl. Well, it's a, a learning opportunity based on the many people who've commented in the, the personal um, recollections of their going through this and most people just kind of scratching their heads about it or dismissing it without any deep look. And that's a mistake because yeah. we're learning that this is real and it's a window into the hereafter we're all going to go through. Yes. And we'll, we'll each have our own experience. And the key is to learn about it, look forward to it. And prepare yourself for it. And we'll be hearing about that. Yes. And, you know, a lot of people that have had these experiences, not all of them, but many of them say that it was beautiful, it was wonderful, it was more real than this life, which I can't wrap my head around. I don't know if you can't, Carl, but I can't. You know, and that uh, that they don't fear death anymore. You know, and they can't wait to, to get back to it. And, uh, you know. That is compelling for me personally to hear their testimony that way because that emboldens my faith that there is something waiting for me after this is done. Um, almost to the point of certainty at, at this point, but um, you know, it's it's compelling testimony, and that's the important thing. Mm -hmm. You asked the creator, most people having and reporting on your death experience describe an interaction with a divine being. So much, in fact, that it seems that near-death experiences might actually be orchestrated events. If the divine, including higher selves, were to truly take a hands-off approach in terms of coaching and even overtly assisting a soul back into their body, would near-death experiences still occur? Or by what percentage, you know, roughly, would they be reduced by? All right, and Creator tells us the following. This is complicated to analyze and give you a detailed analysis because there are a number of unique circumstances where the various phenomena involved here are brought to bear. As a general rule, death is a function of the unavailability of the body to sustain continued expression of consciousness as a physical being. So if the body is irrevocably damaged, dying physically with stopping of the heart and respiration, there is nowhere to return. So the departing spirit will either remain in the lower astral plane in limbo or ascend with the help of the light callers to lead them back home to the heavenly realm in the higher astral plane. 
So it could be that someone whose body has their heart stop beating will experience the first stage of transition when the spirit leaves the body behind. But if there is a resuscitation, this might well tug them back to return to the body. For a time, the spirit is still tethered to the physical body, and it is that tether that creates the association to facilitate a return, should the spirit form of a person egress and wander about. This can be done by some individuals and is called astral travel or astral projection, where the non-local consciousness constituting that part of the individual that is the springboard for conscious awareness purposefully goes on a journey outside the body, can float above it, observing it lying there, and travel great distances and experience things before returning. This is manageable because of the tether. So people will not get lost and create a major calamity. There can be things that go wrong, and that is a discussion for another day. So when someone has what is recalled later as a near-death experience, it is because the physical body has declined to a point that it is time for the spirit to leave. If unplanned, there may be a more vigorous effort to review what has happened and perhaps reverse it if this is agreed to by the departing spirit and the higher self. It could well be that the spirit attempting to depart wanted life to end. Perhaps there was a suicide or a long period of suffering and the desire to be done with life might be honored. But that does not mean things are finalized. Often the part of the mind making such a choice will be doing so because of the fact it has become corrupted or incapacitated through the disconnection and not seeing things as clearly as it might. It is those situations where a departing soul encountering the light callers and then being given some loving nurturing and healing for their state of being in the moment will be more willing to make a return if that is truly highest and best, even to serve out a longer time in a period of suffering because there are karmic lessons underway and it will serve the soul to endure the difficulty for learning and growth. So there are as many circumstances creating a scenario for this to happen as there are people. For each life is a novel in writing, and it is not over until there is an actual return to the heavenly realm. Everything in between is still happening within the earth plane, and if the near-death experience is felt and experienced as a highly negative one, that will result in a significant trauma that will be recorded for all of time in the Akashic records of everything that happens in the universe. The awareness of that will be available to be referenced by the deep subconscious of the person if they have a new incarnation. So your own deep subconscious might well have seen transitions from prior lives that were troubled, and that is a source of fear. It is a common reason for heightened fear of death, because people may have experienced being trapped in limbo and being tormented to the point of extreme torture by dark beings, perhaps going on for many, many years with no let-up. This is yet another reason to take one's passing seriously in order to prepare for it, 
to be a smooth one and to be able to see the light callers and work with them to make a speedy return to loving bliss. That is your birthright. But like everything about incarnating into the physical realm, there are many challenges, many types of negativity you will encounter, and many risks that bad things might happen. All who come down know this and are being courageous to face that in the attempt to help the cause of humanity, even at personal jeopardy of being repeatedly wounded, including a restricted return one day to the divine realm. There are some cases of individuals for whom leaving the body was arranged to happen by the divine realm to create a teaching opportunity. This is always an answer to some yearning of the soul, and in particular, a yearning from the person in the physical wanting to find their way in a kind of desperation, and the strength of that desire for something, anything, to show them the way, feeling trapped and powerless. A bold move like ending their life only provisionally and giving them a glimpse of what comes after can be just the spark to rekindle their spiritual zeal, to make something of themselves, and to be less fearful. One of the worst experiences is one of disconnection, when someone is all on their own with no one to help them, no one to lean on, and with no real understanding or assurance that the world and the universe even are not just empty, and you are living a meager existence as an animal for a brief time and your life will be snuffed out and end forever. The fear of that disconnection, that meaningless existence, despite being more than that, ironically, is extremely intense and horrific to experience for the love-based being. Not only cut off from loving beings, but even the possibility of experiencing anything. That is the plight of a person in limbo. Having experienced that would shake anyone, and then having a reprieve through being rescued and returned to life literally will breathe new life into that experiencer and give them a new lease on life to keep going and turn things around. Well, there is a number of unfortunate uh, influences that kind of create a feedback loop for us, I think. You know, my own outlook is that you know, people talk about fear of the unknown. I don't think there's such a thing as fear of the unknown. I think there's curiosity of the unknown. But fear is based on real trauma that occurred somewhere in the past. What people don't realize is that past is many, many past lives. You know, so if you're afraid of death, I would venture to say you're afraid of death for a reason. <laughs> you just yeah, don't know what I, it is. I've seen this very graphically in doing belief work with people. Using DNA theta healing to look what the subconscious is holding in the way of self-limiting beliefs. Some people have the belief, I fear the nothingness. Yeah. Okay, to the average person, especially the atheist, I would gather, um, I would assume, that means nothing. <laughs> I fear right. the nothingness. You know, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's to fear? <laughs> I mean, right, but, right. but that's what it is. It is prior awareness of experiencing being cast into the nothingness on death and having nothing to work with. You have no body, no senses. Right. You can't see, hear, feel, touch, 
you're alone, you're tumbling in the dark, you don't know where, you don't know. It's suffocating. It's like being buried alive. Yes. And that's the easiest <laughs> that you can have it. <laughs> There's worse right. things that can happen. So, so this this is a profound uh, insight that one needs to anticipate making that transition. And it's not something to be feared. Yeah. You may have interferes you have to grapple with, and and you can get help with that as well. But if you're wanting something good, it can happen. Well, I think an important caveat here, though, is that if you have a deep fear of dying, unfortunately, left untreated, unhealed, that's only going to increase the chances that you're going to end up back in that situation. Yes. So if you have a deep-seated phobia, especially of something like death, you have an opportunity if you're listening to this program or you know somebody who has this dilemma and you're listening to this program that you can reach out and do something for them, that healing work can be done to reduce that trauma and you know and reduce and maybe eventually eliminate that fear, in which case the odds of you making a successful smooth transition go up dramatically. So that's something very important to keep in mind. It's an action item for you listeners. <laughs> yes, and we do a lot of spirit rescues for people who have had a physical death but if we check on them, find they're not yet in the light. They're in limbo. One out of three people end up in limbo. And there's no way to be sure. That's right. So without us checking, and we can find out from the light what's going on. But they can be helped. And they, they need healing. But it's got to happen from human requests. That's kind of the catch. The divine is watching it, but has to have hands off to allow them to have their struggle because they chose it in some way, not purposefully, but as yeah, a consequence of everything they've gone through, maybe at the hands of others being dragged down a little bit too much. Yes. Yes. And we live in a free will zone, free will environment, free will galaxy, and the free will of others has to be honored. And if part of their, they exercise their free will to harm you and induce trauma into you, that now becomes a burden that you have to deal with. This is the this is what we're trying to sort out here with this human experiment. You know, mm -hmm. this is tr pro trying to solve the problem of evil, and this is embedded in that problem deeply. You ask creator, can interlopers, which are dark spirits and, and negative extraterrestrials, can interlopers hijack a near death experience? All right, and creator says it is possible for interlopers to hijack a near death experience. After all, at the moment of death of the body and the spirit departing, for some period of time, the body might well be saved through prompt medical intervention, perhaps put on life support while some appropriate treatments are administered to sustain things while there is enough healing so the body could return to function on its own and still be a home to that departed spirit. It is up to that spirit making its way to navigate. Light callers will be sent from the light, but they may not be seen by that lost soul human spirit who might be in a state of dishevelment and too low a vibration still to have any awareness of higher possibilities and will in effect be tumbling in the darkness, disoriented and alone. In such a state, all are vulnerable and their spirit can be commandeered and sequestered and used as a source of fuel for low-level demonic spirits. This is certainly no fate you want to have. 
The key is to look to the Almighty when it is time for your passing, or if you have a sense one day everything has gone wrong at once. And if you consider the fact you might have actually had a death of the body and are now alone with your consciousness and have the presence of mind to reach for the divine light, your wish will be granted. So this speaks to the benefit of gaining a working knowledge of such things so you are prepared for any contingency. So this question was built off a, another question that we didn't have time to provide for in its full extent. Um, but a number of people that have near-death experiences come back almost like a new person with a new mission, a new lease on life. And then they, they go on a tear um, bringing a message that they believe is from God and you know, exhorting people to get spiritual or do this or do that, you know, and um, there was one individual who had a near-death experience and came back with a message that we thought was contrary to what we share with Get Wisdom. So the question was, well, was that near-death hijacked by an interloper? And the answer we got was, no, it wasn't. This was his own deep subconscious belief that he had that he kind of misinterpreted. So that's another message about the near-death experience is that we can have it, but we might come back with an interpretation that might not actually be what the event was. They could interpret it wrongly, Carl. Yeah, I mean, this this is true of life itself, is it not? Do we Does always not, learn yeah. the right lesson from what goes wrong or right or in between? There is a, a YouTube video that was up some years ago now. There's a book this fellow wrote called My 23 Minutes in Hell, I yes. believe is the title. And this was an atheist who had a near-death experience but came back. Well, that's what a near-death experience is. And he described being in limbo but being tortured, physically tortured. And I asked Creator about this, and Creator told me, Every bit of his experience that he's described happened exactly as he recounts it. It's ghastly. It's absolutely ghastly. But he rescued himself because as he was about to be thrown into a fiery pit after being physically tortured, he had this thought come to mind. Words of him. He knew when he was a little boy. Jesus loves me, this I know, if you've heard that hymn before, for the Bible tells me so. And as those words went through his thoughts, Jesus came and raised him up. Now, the non-believer is going to say, okay, here we go, another silly religious story and folklore on, on the march and all of it. But this is literally true. But it speaks to these dynamics that we have yeah. to navigate. Creator just told you that. It's up to you to navigate. <laughs> so learn the ropes. You know, have a goal in mind and cultivate some faith and belief. It will you serve know, you. That reminds me of the statement that there's no atheists in foxholes. You know, in other words, the atheist that sits back in their armchair and, you know, kind of hurls, you know, it rolls their eyes and says, this is nonsense. Well, so many of your fellow atheists have a change of heart when they're in the foxhole and the shells are going off all around them, you know. And this was an example of essentially being in a foxhole for this guy that died, you know. Yeah. And well, uh, and it's hard to come from behind. That's the other thing. Right. Because fear leads to disempowerment. And when you're supposed to be in charge of your own life, your own choices, your own navigation, it's darn hard to make that leap that 
that leap of faith and close the gap between you and the divine at the worst possible moment of your existence that you know of anyway, yeah. you know, being and half dead. <laughs> it also underscores the importance of prayer at any time in your life. That little prayer is a boy saved him later on. So it's never too late and it's never too early. But it is too late for this segment because we're out of time. We'll be right back with the final segment of Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are examining Creator's perspective on the near-death experience. And what Creator can uh, share with us in terms of information that might not be uh, readily apparent at first glance. Yes, quite an interesting tour of the afterlife because that's what this is. These are people who witness what happens after death, at least in their case. And there are a lot of common threads. There are some unique things, but that's like life itself. And it all depends on you, the circumstances of your passing and what kind of state of being you have at that juncture. Are you prepared? To have a joyous return back to the heavenly realm? Or does this take you by surprise? You might have been suffering and dragged down by long illness. Or maybe you drifted away from faith and haven't thought about it in a long, long time. And then you have a sudden accident and boom, you're popped out of the body. Now what do you do? You may not even know why everything went dark. Yeah. So th- this, this, is, this is important to learn about. And that's what we're wanting to do here. Yeah, very much so. You asked, Creator, some have gone through a near-death experience, reported having a full life review, the iconic, my life flashed before my eyes. You know, this is an aside, Carl. It's interesting, that, you know, that this is a cultural statement. You know, my life flashed before my eyes. We've all heard it, right? And yeah. yet, so many people don't believe in the near-death experience, but this is where it comes from. <laughs> you yep. know, so it, it just it boggles my mind again. I continue with with the question. Others did not get that experience, the life flashing before their eyes. Can Creator explain why that is a common but not guaranteed 
event with a near-death experience. Does that only happen in reaching the divine realm, or can one get a full life review while in limbo? All right, Creator says, a full life review will not happen unless there is a return to the light proper. It is done when there is a very serious transition underway that is meant to happen, or in some cases where a consultation is needed to make a final determination with consultation by that transitioning spirit with the higher self and creator and others as advisors perhaps as well, who all participate in a discussion to assess the pros and cons of the alternatives in question. Some decisions are quite difficult and complex because there are high stakes. If the life returned to will involve great suffering, there needs to be a careful consideration of the implications because it might do more harm than good to put a person back in harm's way with little prospect of gaining ground, but only incurring further damage and a karmic penalty as a consequence. Sometimes it is a question of honoring obligations and duty if vows and promises have been made to others so that even if a person has a valid reason to exit and something has happened to set that in motion like an accident, this review will give a person an opportunity to reflect on all the consequences that will ensue if this is indeed the final break with their life. And it might well be that they will decide to return even under more difficult circumstances in order to satisfy a promise made to a loved one, for example. That is the mark of the light being, to be of service with equal vigor to serving the self. And the purpose of such reviews is to allow the future to go better than the past. Whether a person is returning to the light for a sojourn or at a decision point with a possible return to be among the living still. So this reckoning process is at a more advanced stage of transition. There might well be a simulation of the review done at an earlier stage, where a person is impulsed with an awareness of what will happen to perhaps a loved one or even to themselves should they return. And that constitutes a kind of review of circumstances, but in a very narrow focused way to reach a quick decision based on key information and not something more comprehensive. Indeed, the full life review is normally quite extensive because the entirety of the existence is gone through to mine from it as much meaning and significance as is present and only discernible from the divine perspective in hindsight to note all the things that went wrong, all the shortcomings that were not surmounted, all of the potential turning points that came along but were not seized and taken advantage of and so on. So the various things people experience and report reflect a variety of such scenarios and all were purposeful in order to shed more light on the choice under consideration to keep the transition going or reverse it for a high purpose. Well, that's that's an interesting thing that I simply did not know and was curious about, but this, I'm gratified to get the answer from Creator that if you're going through a full life review you're in the divine realm. You're not stuck in limbo. I, I, that's that's a very, very interesting piece of information, and I think a gratifying one as well. Well, and there's, there's many interesting things about that we don't have time to discuss. And it, it's all about the workings of karma and how very important that is, that everything yes. you do 
creates a potential energy that carries forward and it will keep going until something blocks it or augments it. That could be you adding more energy to a good thought, a good impulse, a loving kindness that you give to someone. Or it could be something unhealthy, something self-destructive that will continue forward also. And those are the kinds of things that get sorted out in the review. And it's quite profound and and important to the learning of the soul as it progresses. And that's what this is all about, to learn and grow. And it's, it's not mentioned here, but I just want to quickly throw in that oftentimes in these life reviews, if they're a full life review, not only do you review the life and see this perspective that you had, but you see the perspective of everybody around you. Now, that's an eye opener. <laughs> well, maybe we'll explore that in a future show in more detail. Who knows? But uh, I just want to throw that in there because I think that's an important aspect of understanding the whole review process. U.S. creator, for all its intrigue and mystery, trying to have a near-death experience is probably not something that is recommended. Nevertheless, many a life's focus and mission get back on track after a near-death experience. How can empowered prayer work and the light worker healing protocol give us the benefits of a near-death experience with none of the downsides? All right, and Creator says, if you think about what people describe in having a near-death experience and how most often it helps to awaken them to a wider perspective, and constitutes a turning point in some way with their life, if only in their outlook, in having a greater awareness of the spiritual, even if everything else remains largely the same, it is a quite positive development. But to be on the borderland of death, or even having crossed over it in order to have such an awakening and an advancement in personal awareness and growth, is a very intense way of doing it that will take a toll in other respects, perhaps causing great consternation, fear, and grief for loved ones who believe the individual in question is dead or about to die and fears the worst. Themselves may have gone through a number of shocking circumstances to set that in motion, and while it can save the day in terms of elevating their perspectives and putting them on a better soul path, It is a high price to pay for that hard-won knowledge and experience. If you think about the fact that all those benefits are achieved the hard way, so to speak, we can tell you that there are better alternatives, always. It is not necessary to go to the brink and even fall over the edge in order to have a greater awareness of the divine and one's place as part of a divine unfolding, and that you have a purpose, and it is important for you to be here. And to see you are worthy of contributing and do have things to offer, even if it only benefits your own soul, but is nonetheless deserved. And maybe why you're here in this incarnation, to work on yourself first and foremost, and not to be a light worker at all, or for all. To go through a dangerous journey, at least seen from human perspective, as we've said, is the hard way to do it. Many times the near-death experience marks a turning point, but a turning point only. It might provide an insight and inspiration that one needs to start doing something differently, but then comes the reality of the hard work that will be needed to turn things around and keep them on a better path. It is important to not have a setback or failing to continue that momentum to keep moving forward and advancing. Making a conscious choice to do the best you can and to take advantage of these powerful tools for healing and growth 
To be in divine alignment as a goal and pursuit will raise you up, create the best possible life you can have, and will work in every moment they are exercised towards preparing you for your graduation day from life in the physical and ensure a safe return to the light. There you will feel tremendous satisfaction in being victorious through taking on the tough challenge of physical existence. The more you heal yourself and raise yourself up in the doing, the better spokesperson for the divine and inspiration to others you will be, and the greater the impact on the world in helping the divine human free will project prevail. You are in this not only for yourself, but for the greater good of all. It is your participation that can make the difference, as so few others will find their way to these truths. So if you are hearing this message and saying yes, you will be among the exalted who will one day save humanity and the many troubled beings who threaten it and will perish as a result if you do not save them. The choice is always up to you. All we can offer is our encouragement and hope you choose wisely. So we're hoping you're getting the impression that there's a a lot at stake, but also a lot that you can and should do, and perhaps even must do at the end of the day, to ensure not only your own future, but the future of all of humanity. And the near-death experience is a profound, very teachable experience, but you don't have to have that to get the same benefits, and that was made clear here, Carl. Well, the way to make a contribution, improve your life, your future, and that of everyone around you is to work at making better prayers, learning how to do that, and learning to use the Lightworker Healing Protocol, or at least having some work done on yourself and hopefully for your family as well to be in the program because it's done on you over and over again. So you get many, many benefits that are lifelong and beyond. This you can get through Get Wisdom. We make these tools available. You can learn how and by visiting our website. And yes. we encourage everyone to take advantage of this. We are being helped by Creator to bring this forward. That's why we're doing this program. This isn't just a self-serving thing so we can hawk our wares. This is divine wisdom we're sharing as best we can. And it's important. Yes. And you can check out those materials at getwisdom.com. You can download the LHP uh, ebook, Lightworking Protocol ebook, that explains the LHP, explains how to get training, uh, explains what it can do for you. And you can get that at getwisdom.com slash LHP, getwisdom.com slash LHP. While you're at it, get our book on empowered prayer, which is very, very important because people, a lot of people pray, but they're not praying in the most effective way. And when you're praying effectively with, with the best approach, you can get exponentially increased results, you know. Um, that sounds amazing, and it is. That's why we want you to check it out at getwisdom.com slash prayer, getwisdom.com slash prayer. Get those two books today. Visit us at getwisdom.com. There's so much more after that, but we don't have time to go into it now. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 